It wasn't until I had finished editing this podcast, my very first podcast, that I'd learned of the passing of Murray Walker. Murray Walker was the voice of Formula One for decades and was a huge inspiration in my life. Every weekend during the Formula One season, Murray Walker's voice would echo throughout my house. And as you can see, still echo in my podcast. I would like to dedicate this podcast to Murray Walker. Thank you for everything, Murray. We'll never forget you. One light, two lights, three lights, four lights, five lights, and it's go, 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 go! Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening to the official launch of the Dirty Airphone Podcast. My name is Matthew Kane, and this is my 2021 F1 Predictions Podcast. Fantastic development this is! Before I get started, I wanted to give special thanks to all of those who encouraged me to do this. I've been a fan of Formula One now for over 40 years, but I am a rookie podcaster. Finishing in 10th position will be the Haas F1 team. Gene Haas and Gunter Steiner have already come out and admitted that they have not developed that car in almost a year and a half. They've committed most of their resources to producing the 2022 car when the vast majority of the changes will take place. They decided to go with two new drivers this year, letting go of Romain Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen. Grosjean, who thankfully is continuing to improve after last year's serious crash, has moved on to IndyCar, while Kevin Magnussen, as I understand, has just become a father for the first time. The two new drivers for the team are the son of seven-time world champion Michael Schumacher, Mick Schumacher, who is also F3 and F2 champion, and Nikita Mazepin who is the son of Dmitry Mazepin, who also has a company named Eurochem, which is going to serve as the car's main sponsor. Mazepin's results have been mixed. He has shown signs of quality driving. It'll be up to him to show us if he is worthy of being an F1 driver and if he would have made it there without the backing of Eurochem. I think it's actually a blessing in disguise that the car is not going to be very competitive. We all know it's not competitive, and as fans of Formula One, when the car is not competitive, it doesn't matter who's driving it. It's going to be a great opportunity for Mick to learn all the F1 circuits, as well as be around the people who know his father. Early predictions had Mick partnering Kimi Raikkonen at Alfa Romeo for at least one year. Kimi now being the most experienced driver on the grid and obviously a, a Formula One champion with Ferrari already, uh, it would have served as a great opportunity for him to learn and, and to mentor Mick. But then again, it's Kimmy. It's more like a hobby for me, so obviously I don't need to do it if I don't want. I don't assume either one of these drivers are going to score any points this year. We will have to judge them against each other based on their qualifying and race performance. I do expect Mick to outperform Nikita this year and hopefully get into Alfa Romeo next year. Mick has continued to show a lot of talent and... I expect that he will uh, do quite well this year and outperform Mazepin. And just look at the way Schumacher is pushing the car. You can see he's right on the ragged edge between flying off the circuit and staying off it. In ninth place will be Williams F1 Racing. The Williams team was purchased by Doralton Capital last year, but I don't think we'll see the fruits of that investment until 2022. I thought towards the end of last season that the Williams car had actually leapfrogged the Alfa Romeo is out performing it on a regular basis, but the renewed and ever-powerful Ferrari engine in the Alfa Romeo, I think, is going to bridge that gap. I ask myself, is Kimi Raikkonen better than George Russell? 
And I would say that they're at least on par. I mean, the way George performed last year in the Mercedes. So in turn, what we do is we, we look at the number two drivers. And in my opinion, Giovinazzi is better than Latifi. But I think he'll certainly be better than he was last year. Looks like yet another bit of brilliant tactical thinking. Finishing eighth in the title will be the Sauber Alfa Romeo team. Kimi now returning for his 19th season in Formula One. Quite amazing, considering he entered Formula One as the least experienced driver in history and is currently the most experienced driver in Formula One history. It's more like a hobby for me, so obviously I don't need to do it if I don't want. Kimi has outperformed Giovinazzi now for two years in a row, and Giovinazzi is the first driver that I am putting on the F1 hot seat. I think a lot of people were surprised that Mick Schumacher didn't get into Alfa Romeo this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ferrari themselves who said, listen, we need to take one more look at him before we make a major decision here. It must have been crushing for him not getting the second seat there at Ferrari next to Charles. Having said that, though, he did improve towards the end of the season and he closed the gap to Kimi, but that could also be, you know, Kimi uh, maybe getting a little fatigued towards the end of the year. Regardless, I still think the Iceman comes out on top. Keep working all yes, 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 I'm doing all the time. don't have to remind and I think Giovinazzi sitting on the hot seat is going to have some serious issues in 2022. I think we can all agree, especially if you're an up-to-date Formula One fan, I'm certainly we can all agree that it's no surprise that the bottom three would be Williams, Alfa Romeo, and Haas. And I have to tell you, the more I look at this list here of the remaining teams, I am so excited about this season. That's the one good thing before, you know, the last year before a major rule change is that most teams have caught up. The teams with the, the lower budgets just took longer to get there. It, it, the, the field certainly tightened a lot in 2021. All right. In seventh position in the championship will be Scuderia Ferrari. I have the utmost respect for both of their drivers and have so ever since they first came into the sport. The way Charles drove last year with a terrible car was not only courageous, but it was brilliant. I am stupid. I am stupid. Carlos has continued to move up the grid kind of quietly, if you think about it. He's earned his way, he's a quiet worker, and he has immense talent. Smooth operator! Smooth operator! Whatever happened with Ferrari and the FIA last year, that's their business. But there's no doubting that Ferrari really were penalized. Matteo Bonato has come out and said that they have reclaimed their lost power from last year and expect to be on par with Mercedes. A design philosophy for the Ferrari engine required them to spend their tokens on the rear part of the car. Interesting to see the Alfa Romeo spend its two tokens in the off-season developing the front part of their car. One can't help but think that Alfa Romeo and Ferrari are working together to help Ferrari catch up on lost time. I expect there to be no issues between Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz and in fact, I think that they're both going to push each other to reach new heights. We will not see how powerful this team is until next season, when they finally have the chance to start again sort of on a neutral playing field. I do expect Charles to outperform Carlos this year points-wise, but I do think Carlos will be on Charles's pace. And I think this is great news for Ferrari moving forward, and I already look forward to the 2022 season for them. You did a good job. Really good. Hey, I did a job. I did a job. I did a job. I did a job. That's it. I did a job. I am so sorry to the whole team. I am stupid. 
As much as in Baku. Finishing in the sixth position will be Alpine Racing. This is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, we know Fernando. We, we can't do anything apart from give it everything, maximum pace. What a joke! But this one, I'm, I'm kind of going a little bit more on my gut. Fernando has never been known as someone to mentor a younger driver. I don't want. I don't want. We're going to have big problems later if we don't. Already I have big problems now. Driving with this and looking like amateurs. Look at the fireworks that erupted between him and Lewis in Lewis's rookie season at McLaren. He remains very active in other forms of racing and is obviously very fit. And it seems he, he dodged a bullet here a month ago with the accident while cycling. Ocon, on the other hand, who came into F1 and impressed everybody with his incredible streak of consistency his first season. And then he sat out for a year and came back as Ricardo's teammate last year and was promptly trounced. Now, I know that sounds a little critical, and he's still young, and he's only had, you know, two seasons in F1, but he, I think Ocon's one of those guys who's gotten a little bit lucky. Last year, everybody gave him the benefit of the doubt that he had already been out a season. Simply was rusty. Not to mention the fact that his teammate was Daniel Ricciardo, who's, you know, highly regarded. My question is, if Ocon doesn't perform this year, what will be the excuses then? Will it be that Alpine took a step backwards, or will it be that he was partnered with one of the greatest drivers of all time and he showed up in top form? Important to note, though, is when you look at somebody like Total Wolf, Total Wolf, as he manages Ocon, is, is not the kind of guy who makes bad investments. Toto knows all the inside data on how Ocon is driving. If there were any concerns, I, I think there would have been a different course of action for him so far. So there it is. Sixth place, Alpine Racing. And Fernando Alonso will outperform Esteban Ocon. Fernando is faster than you. Be sure to listen to episode three to find out what I think will happen to Ocon in 2022. Anything can happen in Formula One, and it usually does. Finishing in fifth position, I have Aston Martin Racing. Seb is the third driver I'm putting on my F1 2021 hot seat. I must admit, a few weeks ago, well, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go further back. Watching Seb drive last season, I was convinced he was finished. I was even starting to wonder how good he ever was. Now, before you flame and before you comment, I get it, I get it. But you know what? I, I don't think I'm the only one out there that thinks this. I mean, it must be said, it's not easy being a Formula One driver, and it's not easy being a Ferrari Formula One driver, especially their number one driver. And being told that you're not going to be retained before the season even starts is not exactly the foot that somebody wants to put forward before the season goes. And just when you thought things couldn't get worse for Seb, he was nowhere near Charles's pace last season and got absolutely nothing out of a terrible car. We get that. But he was still outperformed. A four-time world champion was outperformed by his young teammate. It was absolutely disgraceful for a driver of, uh, of his experience. And I would think that, that the authorities have really got to look at driving like that and do something about it because he should certainly have a short suspension for that. And uh, for being himself, he should have a permanent suspension. And I was totally convinced. I was totally convinced that Sebastian Vettel was finished. There's a man with a great Grand Prix future behind him. And now... <laughs> Now time has passed. So I've backed out a little bit on Sebastian. I'm going to give him a little bit of credit. Grazie, ragazzi. Grazie. This is his year. This is his hot seat. He has to perform. With regards to Lance, Lance got off to a fantastic start last year. 
and was surprising a lot of people when he was a fourth place in the championship at one point. Fair to say since day one, uh, Lance Stroll has faced an enormous amount of scrutiny, yet he claimed a podium position in a terrible Williams car and was since on the podium last year at Monza. Stood by Lance since day one. I honestly believe that uh, he has tons of talent and I think he's going to continue to improve. He did contract the COVID disease last year and missed a race. That was followed by a race where he was doing quite well and was in position to score a boatload of points when he had a, uh, I believe it was a left rear tire failure and had quite a big shunt. I think this is a great opportunity for Vettel to mentor Lance Stroll, to be honest with you. Seb has expressed interest in investing in Aston Martin and potentially staying with the team after his driving career finishes. With Seb's experience, and he's obviously still very competitive, I expect Aston Martin to have a great year this year, and Sebastian Vettel will outperform Lance Stroll. Uh, let me quote. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what I'm doing. Finishing in fourth position will be AlphaTari Honda. Oh my God! What did you do to AlphaTari decided to replace Daniel Kvyat this year with young Japanese driver Yuki Tsunoda. This was no surprise since Tsunoda had shown great promise in the junior leagues advancing from F4 to F1 in only four years. Tsunoda is known as a great passer and is very brave. These are two ingredients that Honda are looking for in their final year of Formula One. I don't expect Tsunoda to take too long to get up to speed, and this is one of the main reasons why I believe AlphaTori will do so well. Pierre Gasly is a known commodity, especially since his win last year at Monza. For some reason, Red Bull decided not to bring him up to the big team this year. And for that reason, Pierre Gasly will outperform Yuki Tsunoda. My God, yes! We are now down to the top three teams in the F1 2021 Championship. Finishing in third place will be Mercedes-AMG. What's going on? That's right. Mercedes-AMG. We all saw the performance that George Russell put in while driving the Mercedes at Bahrain last year. But would Lewis really be the one that would be on the hot seat at Mercedes? Because in my opinion, Valtteri Bottas is definitely on the hot seat in 2021. It's strange to say that because I believe that Bottas has been a very good teammate for Lewis. He's also been a very competitive driver. I think he gets a very unfair shake. And let's not forget, Bottas wins races. He's a no-drama teammate, which must be a huge relief for Total Wolf and Mercedes after the Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg era. It's already been reported that Valtteri has gone through extensive mental training during the offseason to try and strengthen his game against Lewis Hamilton. A stronger Botas only hurts Lewis Hamilton. I don't think he'll do enough to beat Lewis in the Drivers' Championship, but he will certainly do enough to hurt Lewis in the Drivers' Championship. And as I mentioned before with AlphaTauri and Red Bull, those two cars have the highest rakes in the field. Mercedes typically run one of the lowest rake settings. I think that Mercedes will struggle with rear-end grip this year. Running a low rake is not going to be advantageous. Let's not forget that the origin of this car was based upon the fact that the car would be leading. If perhaps that the Honda engine makes that big of a difference for Red Bull and they happen to be leading several races, how will the Mercedes handle being in traffic? Or in the dirty airs, we should say. For these reasons and more, I believe that Mercedes will finish third in the championship. And Lewis Hamilton will outperform Valtteri Bottas. And that's the big advantage, of course, of being in front. And that's the big disadvantage of getting your line wrong. 
finishing runner-up in the 2021 Formula One World Championship is McLaren Mercedes. McLaren have scraped and clawed their way back up to the top of Formula One, and I expect them to have a fantastic year this season. There's no better driver lineup on the grid in Daniel Ricciardo and Lando Norris. Both the McLaren drivers are faster than their equivalents in the McLaren team at the moment. Daniel's already a seven-time race winner, and I definitely think if given the right machinery, he could win the world championship. Lando Norris has certainly proved that he's capable of being in Formula One. I believe these two characters will get along fantastically. I think they're going to drive the team forward, and I think that they're going to have a brilliant season this year. I do believe Daniel could possibly win a race, and yes, even Lando. I think Daniel is going to push Lando Norris to new heights for himself, and it's only going to mean great things for his career in the long run. Ricardo remains one of the elite passers in Formula One, and certainly the last of the late breakers. I think based on their finishing position in last year's championship, they're going to have the additional time in the wind tunnel this year that'll help them get over the top, especially with the addition of the Mercedes engine. I expect great things from both of these two gentlemen in the future, but this time around... The honey badger gets the best of Lando. What's funny? <laughs> What's going on? He's crying. That only leaves one team left. Congratulations, Red Bull. It is my prediction that Red Bull will win the 2021 Constructors' Championship and Max Verstappen will win his first World Driving Championship narrowly defeating his teammate Checo. Miss Pitchless, guys. And all I can say to that is bullshit. So, anyway. Now, Sergio. Sergio being the wild card is a very interesting topic to discuss. It's been a long time since Sergio's had a competitive car, and he hasn't had that many chances to win a race. I think Perez is hungry. He is uh, mature, he's, ex- he's vastly experienced, known as an expert with tires, and I think he's going to give Max a serious, serious push. All the focus is on Lewis and Max, or perhaps Lewis and Valtteri. I think this is a serious chance for Sergio Perez to win the World Championship. And if you consider that Max and Lewis will be up at the front, fighting it out, that's not always going to end well. And Sergio will be able to pick up a number of points this year, based on, I think, Max and Lewis just simply coming together. Max is young, he's hungry, he's matured a bit, um, he's got a great team around him with people like Christian Horner and Adrian Newey, his father is always a constant presence. Uh, I think this is just Max's year. The fact that Honda and their engine coming forth a year early, Honda's taking this year very, very seriously. So there you have it, my 2021 predictions. <laughs> what a good race, and the car was amazing. Well done, Max. That was fantastic. Fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant drive. Couldn't you uh, go any slower? Yeah, I'm so sorry, mate. I was cruising. <laughs> Trying to get him to slow you down. Yeah, I was about to cut the track, you know, just for fun. Maybe I got a five-second penalty. Then it gets a bit more interesting. Before I end the video, I, I want to make note of uh, yesterday was the one-year anniversary since COVID changed our lives forever. I wanted to express my sincerest condolences and my thoughts with all those affected by this crisis and all those who have lost loved ones. Let's finish the video by listening to some bloopers and 
and looking forward to the season coming ahead. A lot of people go through life doing things badly. I don't make mistakes. I make prophecies that immediately turn out to be wrong. But Inspector Charles... What did I just say? Inspector Charles? <laughs> a blow to the head with a helmet on doesn't hurt nearly as much as a blow to the head without... Inspector Charles will win the World Championship. <laughs> He's got a mental age of 10 in the first place. And that... He was known... Near... Some instability in the rear end, eh? Wow. The... That sounds funny. I don't know if the microphone picked that up. Do you know the papers fall out of my book? Look at me holding this thing up here. What a rookie. Um, where's the, I can't even get to the, the paper. Oh, and there's more. <laughs> now I'm hitting the microphone. Oh, man. <laughs> I just got to get better. I'm going home. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it, and I have to say, uh, this was actually quite difficult because I can't recall a time in all the years I've been a Formula One fan that I have liked so many teams and so many drivers. I cheer for them all, I pray they all have a safe season, and I hope we all get through it. Thank you everybody for tuning in, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to follow me on social media, Dirty underscore F1 on Twitter, and the Dirty Air F1 podcast on Instagram. I appreciate it, I was your host Matthew Kane. I'll see you next time. Mika Hakkinen comes through to win in Spain and pulls. Hello? What's going on? Oh, off, 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 off goes Mika Hakkinen. Off goes Mika Hakkinen out of the race. Mika Hakkinen, the race leader, loses the McLaren and slam bang into the wall. And the Finn is out. No points at Imola. No points for his McLaren. Loses traction into the wall. Out of the race. Wow. What a boring sport Formula One is.